0: Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian, and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, last week, we were talking about Neil Anderson, and we have a little more to discuss with his teachings on prayer and renunciations and affirmations. So we're just going to pick back up on that conversation, and then later on, we'll talk about the Lord's Prayer. So you want to give us a recap of what we were talking about last week?
1: Yeah, we showed uh, these lists of whatever kind of sins, uh, things that may have happened. Things that people got revelations about that ancestors they may or may not have had, may or may not have done. And these are listed and then renounced. And we pointed out that really this whole process creates hopelessness.
0: It does. Because there's
1: no way you know that it's actually done. You just have to keep going through it. You can, if you missed that, go back and listen to the last episode and you'll see where we are right now. And as we get to the end, I thought of a couple of verses, and we're going to read those and show that that's really not what the Bible says.
0: Okay, so I have 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to start at verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor murderers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So we were washed, we were sanctified, we were justified. There's nothing here about going back and renouncing former things.
1: Right. If if we just be very uh, sober-minded about what the Bible says, we would never believe these teachers. Right. Right. If you look at the seriousness of what's in that list, uh, remember last week we talked about this idea of soul ties? Yes. Paul didn't know about it.
0: No, it's not mentioned here.
1: You know, because he just said, you are washed, you are sanctified. You're a new creature in Christ. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let me read a verse about that. Uh, This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 starting with verse 16. Okay. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Wow. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, meaning in his earthly the apostles. Yes. Were eyewitnesses, and Paul was one who has born out of time according to the flesh. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Well, he's ascended to heaven. This isn't implying that Christ was ever a sinner. He's the sinless son. But we know him as the exalted one who sits at the right hand of the throne of God and rules from heaven. Now, let me go on. Verse 17, this is Paul's point. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away, behold, new things have come. Now all of these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So if you're reconciled to Christ and you're a new creature, new creation, literally, then you're not part of the old Adam. And remember last week I said, reminded you of the scripture, And Adam all die, but you're in Christ, the last Adam. And so we don't know each other based on what our past was were like. A lot of people who meet Christians and only have known them as Christians, if they comes up whatever they used to be, they can't even imagine it. Right. They're thinking, why? How can that be? I've only known this person to be a joyful victorious Christian. Well, it's because we're new creatures. Right. (laughs) We don't know each other after the flesh. And I don't know that these inner healers or deliverance people have the motive of trying to do this. But the result is, everything that matters is what you were according to the flesh. Yeah. That's where the curses are coming from.
0: Wow. So the demons
1: are getting into your life, even though you're a Christian. That's how Satan gets his Chance to uh, beat you up. And that's how the curses end up on your life, even though the Bible says we're blessed in Christ. And so then there's this endless, whether it's memories, our own sins, somebody else's sins, previous ancestors, things of the occult that may have happened, where we live on the face of the earth in some of these teachings. All of these things create this complex, hopeless situation where you don't think you'll ever be able to get out of it, then you'll spend the rest of your life praying these prescribed prayers, renunciations, affirmations, prayers over and over again, rather than resting in Christ and going to the throne of grace day by day for the needs that we have. Right. Now we have all the past coming back, and we got to try to deal with it specifically. So, if you didn't hear last week's, go back and listen, and you'll see what we're talking about as far as these false teachings. So, what this means is prayer as taught in the Bible isn't like asking for revelations about the past sins of ancestors, or the sources of the demons, or processing the past is my term for this whole thing that's taught by these false teachers. Okay, that's not what prayer is, but let me wrap up this idea of the armor of God, and we're just praying for gospel boldness. Okay. And I want to show how I wrapped it up in this article, which is issue number one twenty-two, July September twenty twelve. Okay. I say this in my article, the point, you know, of this is that our armor is God's armor, supplied through His Messianic promises, and leads us to stand. We have no reason. To retreat to a Christianized version of shamanism, as many do. Stand Amen. in the gospel. Amen. And so that was the point. We are safe. Ephesians yes. does so much to tell us that if we believe in Jesus Christ, the sinless Savior, the creator of the universe, the virgin-born Son of God, who died and rose on the third day, who whose blood was shed to cleanse those who believe in him for the forgiveness of sins for all who repent and turn to Christ. We trust him. We don't need shamanism. Right. We don't need curse makers. We don't need revelations. We don't need to know what demon is doing what. We need to trust God. We stand. Now, we promise that we talk a little bit about the Lord's. Lord's prayer.
0: Yes, and here we we made it.
1: Here we are. Here we are, and that begins here. I want to begin with Matthew six and verse seven. Okay. The last few days, knowing that we're going to be recording, I broke this all out and looked up every Greek word and tried to make sure I understood what the correct translation is. And ironically, and sadly. The Lord's Prayer has been turned into a shamanistic babble repetition by people trying to ward off evil.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And uh, frankly, I I blame Roman Catholicism for a lot of that. But Mm -hmm. Protestantism hasn't done too well either. Yeah. Say this over and over again. That's how you get rid of your sins or you atone for your sins. But let's look at what it does say. Matthew six seven. Now I'm quoting from the Lexham English Bible, which comes with my Logos Bible software, and I chose this translation because it's the most literal one I could find. I, I went through the Greek first, and then, like I do in my sermons, and then I looked to find which English translation brings out, I think, the best meaning of the Greek. Okay. Now, I'm not telling you you can't trust other Bibles. I just want to use this one so we can explain the Lord's Prayer. Okay. It's hard to understand something this becomes rote. Yes. So let's look at what it does say. Matthew 6, 7. But when you pray, do not babble repetitiously like the pagans. For they think that because of their many words, they will be heard. Now that's just verse 7, Matthew 6. Lexham English Bible. Do not babble repetitiously. Babble is logeo, And the word sounds like babble. logeo. Don't just keep going over and over.
0: Which is exactly what Rome tells people to do. Say this over and over.
1: I thought about that now. I I preached on it. I thought about it. So many of our brothers and sisters that we fellowship in our local church were saved out of Roman Catholicism. Yes. Okay. And their relatives are still stuck in it. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine that somebody there, they have sin and they feel guilty. So they go to confess and what's the prescription to pay for your sins?
0: Say this over and over again.
1: Many, our, so many our fathers and so many Hail Marys or whatever. So the Let's talk about the Our Father part, which would be the first words of the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Uh, they're using that to punish people.
0: Wow. Yeah, they are.
1: And they're telling people, do it repetitiously. That way you can uh, pay for whatever sin you did. Wow. There's no such thing as once for all. Right. There's no such thing as God being uh, one that we know relationally through Christ who loves us, who cares for us, who continually cleanses us. you got to keep sitting in and paying for it, sitting in and paying for it. Or show you're sorry. Say say our Father and learn to say it really quick. You can get done with what they told you quickly that way. (laughs) That's not what it says. Go to the Bible. Don't believe these people. They're not talking for God. God talks for himself through the Bible. So do not babble repetitiously like the pagans. For they think that because of the many words they'll be heard. No, God knows what we who we are, what we think, and what we're praying. Yes. Okay? Reminds me of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, who went through all kinds of contortions, and their God, Baal, never did hear them. Right. Now let's go to verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them. Look at for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Yes. You might say, well, in which case, why ask at all? He already knows. This. He'll take care of it. Don't worry. Because we're honoring God by confessing our dependence on him. Right. We're showing that we believe his promises. We, we believe that God is, has a, is personal. He's Jesus Christ in the incarnation is fully human, fully God. Call this yeah. hypostatic union. And he hears us. He hears us. He cares about us. It's relational. Yeah. Any father who, and our father's are imperfect, and we're imperfect, yes, fathers, but if our child comes to us, we're going to, are we going to say, well, why don't you say that 20 times? I want to know you're, you really mean it. Wow. We wouldn't do that, would we? No. Well, would God do that?
0: Absolutely not
1: do we like it when our children ask us things so that it shows that they think we care about them and we have some wisdom
0: right yes
1: how much more does the heavenly father love us and care about us and he's going to take care of us he has all power he's omnipotent yeah. yes he knows all things he already knows omniscient he knows what you need before you ask him he even knows our thoughts and intents and everything else but we have a relationship verse 9 Therefore, you pray in this way. Let me stop right there. Now, I looked that up in the Greek here the last couple days. I was studying this. In this way, literally, utos is an adverb. It's an adverb in the Greek. And literally, in this manner.
0: Okay. So it's not saying, say this canned prayer over and over It's a model.
1: Yeah. An adverb is something that modifies a verb. Yes. Which is pray. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In this way, in this manner. Not over and over. We're just told over and over is not what we should do. That's what the pagans do. Okay. So in this way, an adverb, our Father who is in heaven, may your name be treated as holy. This is a really good translation. Okay. Okay, our Father who is in heaven. So God in heaven, who is a Father who loves us and cares about us and always has our best interests in mind, condescends to hear the prayers of people who are his children, his sons and daughters. Okay? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it talks about the transcendence of God. So we learn theology here and also the imminence of God. He's close at hand. So the holy creator of the universe cares about the ordinary daily needs of us. Wow. Isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah.
1: And how many people saying our fathers over and over even think about that? They don't. They don't. Well, right now we'll give you a chance to think about it. I want to think about it. Okay. Amazed when I spent this time this week more than I have in, in a long time going through the Greek and seeing what it says here, and then finding a good translation. So God's in heaven, He's transcendent, but He hears us, He's imminent. Both of those things are true. Yes. Okay. May your name be treated as holy. That's interesting. May your name be treated as holy. Hagiazo uh, is a verb form, and it's in the aorist passive imperative. Treat as holy. Okay. So, the, the really, and I've said this many times in my preaching, the Lord's Prayer is ultimately a prayer about the return of Christ.
0: Amen. Yes, it is. But most people don't even think of it that way.
1: Right. And so... The holiness of God's name is true, and we honor God and we pray for his name to be treated as holy, but it's blasphemed all day long. Right. It sure is. And so God is loving and patient because he tolerates sinners cursing him, blaspheming him, and desecrating anything that's good or right, and... That goes on and on and on. So why does he do this? Why does God tolerate the blaspheming of his name when we are to pray that it be treated as holy? Because he is still allowing history to go on so that more can yet be saved before the judgment comes. Yes. So when we pray that may your name be treated as holy, we're praying that the time would come when he does return and all who refuse to treat the name of God as holy will be consigned to hell. Right. Okay. In the meantime, God allows it to save those who will believe. Yeah. Okay. So so that's a, an imperative. May your name be treated as holy. Then may your kingdom come. Now that... <coughs> affirms what we've been saying about the eschatological reality that will, that is not yet. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, may your kingdom come. May your kingdom come again here. May your kingdom come. Erkomai is a common word for come, but it's in eris passive indicative. Okay. Time, may this come to pass. An imperative, which is exclamation point. It's important. That's what we want. May your will be done. Genomai in the Greek, literally means to be or to come into existence. May your will come into existence. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not happening now.
0: No, it, no, it sure isn't.
1: Right. And the false teachers, which are the majority, in many huge denominations, think, well, it's never going to come by Christ coming and judging and establishing the millennium, and then ultimately the new heavens and new earth, the eternal order. It's going to come progressively on the earth as the church takes dominion over everything.
0: Right. And that's a very popular teaching right now.
1: That is Utterly absurd. That's mm-hmm. not what it's saying. Okay. When the Christians have had nominal Christians power politically, they haven't treated God's name as holy. No. They blasphemed it. So if you think the name of God will be treated holy by your post millennial fantasy, it never happens. Right. Because we still have the sinners blaspheming God. Mm-hmm. And if, if some uh, totalitarian Christian group decide to execute all the sinners, they still have themselves. Yes. And they're right. not <laughs> treating God as holy either. So yeah. it's a mess. No, this is a, this is a prayer for the return of Christ. Okay. May your kingdom come. You can't have the kingdom without the king. Right. The king is now ruling in heaven. Okay, so if you're saying, well, that just means he's ruling in heaven, well, that's already true.
0: Right, why would we pray for something to come that is already here?
1: Right. So he's already ruling in heaven. We're praying for the return of Christ to rule on the earth. Yes. As is promised in the scripture. Mm -hmm. Well, that's there. Um, May your will be done. On as in heaven, literally as in heaven, so also on earth. Well, now it's in heaven, Christ will come. And that's a prayer for the return of Christ. Okay. Give us, now it's talking about ordinary life in the meantime. Right. So what do we need in the meantime? Do we need to learn the secrets of being the ones who take dominion over the earth without Christ? No. No, it doesn't say that, does Hmm. it? What do we have in the meantime? Give us our, today, our daily bread. Yes. What? You can't (laughs) think of something more exciting than that to pray for? Right. (laughs) But you know, it
0: also shows that God cares about our daily needs and our lives. Right. He wants to hear our needs.
1: Well, you know. In the world that they lived in at the time, having bread was a big deal. You can read that in the Gospels, especially in John, by the way, John 6.
0: Yeah.
1: And You go in the Old Testament when they complained about the bread that God provided. Right. Okay, so they rebelled because, well, we had better stuff in Egypt. Yeah. Well, then in John 6, Jesus came as the bread of life, and they didn't like that either. Right. They hated him. They didn't want Mm -hmm. that. They wanted a king who could just give them endless bread so they don't have to go plant wheat anymore. Right. And so this prayer is telling us that disciples, it literally should be called the disciples prayer, are relying on God that they may be able to have the sustenance sustenance they need every day. Yes. That they're content people. Mm Mm-hmm. We may have different lots in life and different circumstances, but what we need is just for God to take care of us. Now, the other thing we need is forgiveness of sins. Right. And to be forgiveness, so forgiven. So okay. it says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And that's uh, actually a pretty good translation right out of the Greek. Okay. So Forgive. A fee a a fee me, which means release. So if you release someone from debt, they're free. Yes. So we owe a debt to God. The soul that sins must die. We're facing the consequences of our own sin. The forgiveness of sins is a release. Okay? And so there's other words used sometimes the word for release, but here there's a form of that. Forgive is heirs, active imperative. Heirs, point of time, something God does. And we're saying, God, do this, forgive us. What do we need? We need daily bread and forgiveness of sins. Right. We don't need to be the rulers of the world. Yeah. Uh, As we have forgiven our debtors. So we're not going to God and say, forgive our sins, but I'm going to make anybody that ever wronged me pay.
0: Right. That's... Isn't there a parable about that?
1: Oh, there's lots of them, actually. Yeah. And there's context here. Mm-hmm. And we won't have time to cover all that, but it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. But as we receive forgiveness, and we know that our hope is in Christ and not in this world. It helps us be kind and forgiving people and we see that as what we need to do okay then one more thing here and do not bring us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one i chose leb because it translates that literally the evil one okay now there's reasons in the context to believe that it really is talking about satan okay Okay. So Satan is the accuser. He's the tempter. Jesus had gone through temptations and resisted every one of them. Temptation is certainly thematic in Matthew. And so what that is saying is that we're not overly impressed with our own ability to stand, even though we need to. Right. And we know the story of Peter Though everybody else denies you, I won't. Well, then when he got into the pressure, temptation, parasmos literally means pressure. Uh, just the pressure cooker, he failed, but he found forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Later. And so we're not so bold in this idea. I can go through anything. Send him my way. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to defeat Satan. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to tell Satan, uh, to get out of my way and i'm well see that's a lot of the teaching out there especially the new apostolic reformation yeah there are false teachers claiming that they're going to personally defeat antichrist before christ can come back during oh, the, good grief for seven years yeah i got an email from a, a godly pastor in israel it said there's so many people teaching that wow and he uh but no what is it saying here we're not so bold to say, oh, I can go through anything. I'll be fine.
0: No, we're humbly coming before God and confessing our need.
1: Right. And if God allows whatever he allows, he'll give us strength. Yes. Asking him not to bring us to temptation. He has a reason to, like Paul's thorn in the flesh, so be it, but deliver us from the evil one. Yeah. Okay. So we need God to do that. God delivers us from the evil one. And literally in the Greek ha paniros, the evil one or the, the evil. Deliver is ruomai. Uh, I love that word too. So we broke this down, look at it in a good English translation, and what do we learn? The Lord's Prayer is not at all like the prescribed prayers. Of the people that are writing these books, right? Okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it tells us something totally different. There's humility. There's dependence on God. There's the honoring of God. We're not with the Lord's prayer saying God's hands are tied unless we do certain things or say certain things, or that wow. God bringing holiness into our lives, depending on us gaining secret information about our past and that of our ancestors? No. About what curse is on us? No, we don't need to know that. God, make your name to be seen as holy. Amen. He does that through saving the people, sanctifying the people, and ultimately coming for them, bringing us to be with yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us through the website, cicministry.org, click on contact and we would love to hear from you. There's also years worth of articles and previous podcast series you can find at the website, cicministry.org. We wanna remind you to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramas.
1: And Bob DeWay.
0: We'll see you next week.